Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good afternoon, everybody. How are you today? Yeah. You guys are looking awesome, man. My name is Danny Rivers. If you came in late, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we're so, so happy you're here. If you're a guest with us today, man, we can't tell you how honored we are that you've chosen to be with us today. Happy Easter one more time. Aren't you grateful that we serve a risen Savior? He's not dead. He's alive, and he reigns forevermore. Uh, Today, we're starting a series called Chain Breaker, and what we're going to be doing over the next five weeks is just kind of talking about the fact that because of the cross, because of the resurrection, because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and because he rose from the dead, and he conquered hell, and death, and sin, and the grave, and because he did all that, the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, it lives inside of us, and so because he's the chain breaker, that same power is at work in our life, and we can see him give us freedom, and guys, this is what we want more than anything, is for people to experience and live in the freedom that Jesus brings to the table. Now, if it's been a while since you've been in a church or if you've never been in a church like this, you're like, dudes, where people were hooping, people were clapping, and you guys missed the last service where the crowd was all the way in the lobby and it was wild up in here, man. It was like crazy up in here. Um, Man, if you've never been here before or if you've never been to a church in a long time, we just want to say it's all good, man. You can relax because at LifePoint, what we say is everybody's welcome. Seriously, everybody's welcome. People from all walks of life, all kinds of backgrounds, everybody's welcome. And the other thing is we say, we say nobody's perfect. And certainly not me. None of us are claiming to be perfect. And then lastly, and most importantly, that with Jesus, anything is possible. Amen, somebody? Anything is possible. And here's why that's true. Here's our key text for this series. This is found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4. Jesus is here talking about himself and his mission. He says, verse 18 of Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. And that word just means he's been set apart, he's been empowered and equipped to bring good news, which I don't know about you, but there's so much bad news that I'm I'm ready for some good news, amen? Uh, To bring good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. That's the promise of Jesus, of Scripture, and that's the premise of this series that we're starting today. And during this series, we're going to talk about how to get free from the chains of debt. Very practical message, but what we know about in our country is that most Americans are, are wrestling with debt, and it, sometimes it's overwhelming them, and we want to just talk about that. We want to just get real about that. We're going to talk about the chains of doubt, that there are so many good people Uh, including people in this room, including sometimes me, where doubts come in our minds about faith, about the larger things, and we're like, man, I don't, I want to believe, but I don't always know. Like, like we feel that way sometimes too, and we're going to get, we're going to, we're just going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the chain, the chain of fear uh, that grips so many people and holds them back from chasing and pursuing their dreams that God's put in their hearts and lives. We're going to talk about the chain of shame and guilt, and then today we're going to talk about breaking free from the chains of my past. Now, here's what I know. In May, I will uh, have been in pastoral ministry for 26 years. I started when I was about five, um, you see, and uh, there's a little joke. Um, but, but here's what I've seen is that so many people uh, are living under the crushing weight of, of the past, of what, uh, what they've done or, or what's been done to them. And they're just wallowing in that and, and, and crushed underneath the weight of that. And I want to just tell you, and I want to declare with all of my heart that God wants to set us free. 
that, that, that he wants to set us free. And so that's what we're going to declare all throughout um, this ser- ser- uh, series. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I think about my past, I think about the fact that some good stuff has happened, but I also think about the fact that I've done some really dumb stuff. And anybody with me on this? You're like, man, if you only knew my story, man. And, and, and I, I, I'm not willing to share all of my stuff, but I want to give you one real quick today of some dumb stuff I did. Uh, about six or seven weeks ago, I decided, I told Rach, my wife, I said, babe, I got to go back to the gym. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm horrific. I'm, I'm fluffy. And I always do this around the time that we're going to go to the beach. Um, and because it's like when you got to go to the beach, like, it's a bad day for you and for everybody. You're like, everybody look away. I'm hideous. You know what I'm saying? Seinfeld, anybody? Okay, anyways. Um, like, like, like I, I got to get in shape. And so I go to this gym, and I haven't been to this gym in about three years. I, didn't, I stopped working out there and, and went to another place and didn't do very well there. And so I was like, I'm going back to that gym. That's where I did the best. And so it's a huge place, and I'm walking around and trying to remember how things go and where things are at. So I go down through the men's locker room, and I walk through that long deal, and I'm like, okay, here, yeah, here's how the, the lockers work. And I go out into the pool area, um, which is where I'm going to spend a lot of time because I love to swim laps. And so I'm out there, I'm walking around, and, and I'm kind of just going, oh, yeah, I remember how great this is. And so I'm, gonna, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home now. I'll walk back into the, the, the locker room, and, and I'm like, man, I don't I don't remember that wall being right there. I thought it came from that way. I was like, man, it must have melted down or something. So I go this way. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's the showers. Yeah, I came through that. And so I walk around the showers, and I go into the, the locker room area, and, and then I look down that long hallway of, 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 of sinks and mirror, and there's a lady in there, you know, combing her hair. And I'm like, thank God she was dressed, by the way. Just, I just need to throw that out there. And, and I'm like, what's a lady doing in the locker room? And then it was like, oh, no, no. I'm going to jail, man, you know. I'm in the woman's locker room, y'all. I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, God, give me the spirit of invisibility right now. I could see me doing that, you know, that the walk of shame. I'm on the front page. Local pastor gets arrested. You know, the news loves to do that kind of stuff, right? And I'm like, I'm going to jail. I'm going to be on the front page. My life is over. And, and I'm like, Lord, just let me disappear. Let me disappear. And I'm just walking back out. And man, I, as soon as I got out, I thought, they're going to wait. There's some cameras. They've seen me. They're going to jump on me, tackle me. I'm gone. It's over. Like, 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 and that's just one of the things I'm willing to share with you today. Like some dumb stuff that I've done uh, in, in, in my life. I think, I think I've got some parts of my past, I know I do, that I wouldn't want everybody to know. Um, some painful stuff, some embarrassing parts of my past. I think everybody has a story. If you've lived any length of time in your life, everybody has a story that they wished wasn't part of their story. Something painful, something maybe even a little dark that's either happened to you or that you've done. Something that still maybe has some power in our lives, like even if we're not fully aware of it. And so this is why we're talking today about the chain of the past. You know, I think of four major reasons why people get tethered to the past. Number one, I think of the fact that we've all had personal failures. Every one of us have done some stuff, we've said some stuff that has come back to haunt us, things that we wished we hadn't said. And and I'm not talking about little decisions, I'm not talking about little things, I'm talking about things that that caused us to get down into a deep, dark place in our lives where we're like, how do I I come out of this? the, The stuff that we did was in the past, but for some of us, the shame of it is still in our present. Like the, like the stuff that we did was in the past, but the guilt of it still has some sort of hold on our lives. There's a place of personal failure. Number two is, is the place of, of disappointment. It's that season of your life, that moment in time when, when something or somebody let us down. 
We were counting on them. We were banking on them. We thought this was going to be the rest of my life kind of a deal, and, and, and then it evaporated. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something you were investing in or, or some opportunity that you hoped for. You're like, when we get here, when we get this, babe, it's going to happen like this, and then it doesn't happen, and there's a place of disappointment. And, and maybe it was, if, if, we're, if we're doing real talk today, maybe it was a time when you prayed to God for something that you really wanted God to do or really needed God to help you with, and, and it seemed like those prayers were never answered. And you were like, God, how, why, why would you let this happen in my life, and why wouldn't you have answered my prayers? And if somebody were to say to you right here in this room today, hey, where was God in that? And you would say, you know what, honest answer, I don't know where God was. And maybe some of you even have some disappointment with God in this room today. And then the last place that I think of, uh, or, or sorry, the third place that I think of is, is unhealed wounds. Unhealed wounds. You know, honestly, there are stretches of life, in life, where life is just frankly really hard. And it's hard oftentimes because of other people. Because people hurt us, and people betray us, and people leave us, and people wound us. And some of us are still carrying around the weight of somebody's injury, somebody, something somebody said or something somebody did. And we're carrying that around and it's, and it's unhealed and, and, it's, and it's a burden. And then the last thing that I think about is that we have to deal with loss. That's the, that's the fourth thing that tethers us to the past. past. And, I, and I just want to open up for a moment because frankly the message doesn't work if we aren't willing to be real about our stuff and about what's going on because for some of us there's been loss in our life, in our past, stuff that's, that's, that, that, that you don't get back and people that are gone. Maybe they passed or, or maybe they, they're gone from your life and you don't have a relationship with them anymore. Things, things that are gone, dreams that are gone, innocence that's been taken and you don't get it back. You don't get to go back and rewind it. You don't get to get a do-over in some areas of light. There, there's loss and and it's never coming back. And some of us are just tied to the past because of, of loss. You know, the past has some serious power in our lives. As a matter of fact, the entire field of psychology is based on the premise that, that our past affects our future. And it affects our present life. But, but, but here's, what, here's what I want you to know today is that God has a freedom plan for you and for me and that he has been working throughout history to announce that to you, to bring you into his freedom plan for your life, that he wants to bring you home to him, that he wants to give you peace with him. And, and here's what I believe fundamentally, that he wants to give you back everything that the enemy has stolen from your life. And this is God's plan ultimately for every single one of us. And, and God, I want you to know this about God. He's not hung up by, by your past and my past and the dilemmas that were created in our past or, or the chains or the, or the shame. Or the, he's not hung up like, like we are. He's got a plan for freedom for all of us, myself included. But, but, but the truth is that some of you are in this room today and you're like, it's not a happy Easter. You, you feel like the psalmist David who wrote in Psalm 38, he said, my guilt has overwhelmed me. It's overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I, I wonder if you've ever been like that. You've been in that place before. Maybe under different circumstances than he was where you wake up and you go, I don't know how to get out of bed today. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to go face this world that doesn't want to face me back. I, I don't know how I'm supposed to make it through because the weight of the world, the weight of, of life, the weight of whatever's going on is so heavy, too heavy 
to bear. I, I think that there are probably, even us in this room today, there are people who are living from our past. We're not living in it because it's past, but we're living from it. We're living still gripped by the thought of that failure or, or what was done to me or, or that loss. And, and we may know God, God's forgiven me or he has the power to forgive me, but oftentimes we have, we have such a terrible time forgiving ourselves or forgiving that person uh, who, who harmed us. Getting past your past is such a hard thing to do. And so what we do instead is we, we, we try to forget or, or we minimize or we sort of compartmentalize, we hide it, we do anything but face it. But, but here's the truth. And please hear me because I want, I want so bad for, for, for us to live in an experience freedom. If you're going to move forward, and that's the goal of this series, we're going to have to talk about our pain. We're going to have to talk at least to somebody about our past. We're going to, we're, because, listen to me, how you're doing in your present, especially as it relates to your relationships or your, or your finances or all these things that we're going to cover, how you're doing in your present has everything to do with how you handled your yesterdays, how you resolved your yesterdays, how you got free from the chains, the pain, the shame, the guilt, the hurt, the anger of your yesterdays. And I want to just, you, you may not agree with me because maybe you're not a believer or maybe you don't understand what I'm going to say here, but I want to say it anyways. A, a lot of the baggage that we're carrying around with us in our lives has been heaped upon us by our spiritual enemy. And I want you to know something, that when the enemy is attacking your life, and you may not even recognize it as that, but when the enemy is attacking your life or your family or your marriage or your friendships or your, your finances, he's actually trying to do something much bigger than just attack that area. He's actually trying to get at your destiny, to, to slow down or completely thwart God's plan in, in, in your life, to derail you, or, or, or one of his favorite tactics is to get you to exchange God's plan for, for lesser things. But please hear this. Every attack of the enemy is ultimately an attack on God's purpose for your life. The Bible tells us that there's this cosmic sort of battle taking place, and the enemy cannot defeat God, so he tries to hurt God by derailing us, his kids, his children. And this, this, this battle becomes a battle about our worth and about our, our identities and, and who we are and whose we are. And, and it's a battle about our value and where we find that value and, and what makes us value, valuable. And the enemy will try to come up with your past and remind you of it over and over again because he wants us to focus on the past so that we can't move forward into God's future for us. And that's why we need the chain breaker. That's why we need the chain breaker. But you say, okay, all right, I get you, man. How do we do this, though? How, how, how do I move on? How, how do I make sense of this? How, how do I make sense of where, where, where was God? Where was he in the middle of that when that was happening in my life? And how, how do I feel whole again? And some of us this afternoon may be wrestling with the, an answer for an answer to a deeper question. Where, where was God in the middle of all of that? Does God care does God know what I'm going through? Does God see me? And if he does, why hasn't he stepped in? If that's been your question before or, or your question that you've come into this room with today, I think I have some good news. I think that if you look at the Bible, the whole Bible, the whole pattern, the mega themes of the Bible, not just isolated stories that people like to pick and choose, but the whole thing, I think you'll discover at least one single truth, and that is that God is not far away from anyone who's hurting. As a matter of fact, Psalm 34 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed 
in their spirits. That's the kind of God who's in this room, and he is never thwarted by our past failures, and he has the power uh, to break the chains of our past. And I think that if God were to be able to sit up here today and talk to you, I think he'd say to me and to you, I know you have a past. I know what's in your past. But what I want to focus on is your future. And because he inspired a prophet to say, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And they are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and to give you hope. That's the kind of God that's in this room today who's coming to you saying, I got a plan for you. I got a freedom plan. And it's, it's good. It's not for pain. It's not for disaster. It's to give you a future and to give you hope. So, so what I want to do with the time that's left for us today on this Easter weekend is to take a look back at a story surrounding the crucifixion, and we're going to hurry through it, and the resurrection. And this is happening post-Easter, post-resurrection. And there's a guy who stands tall in the New Testament. His name is Peter. Um, If you go to Rome today, you'll see a a, a basilica there, which is the biggest basilica in the world, a huge building called St. Peter's Basilica. He is is, is at the top of the heap of the New Testament in a lot of ways. And and, and before all of that, though, he's just this sort of bold, brash guy who says what he he doesn't mean, and he doesn't do what he does say, right? He's just this, he's this guy, and he's got some issues, and and, and he's got some hard stuff. And, And so we pick up his story right after the resurrection. Jesus has appeared to his disciples, and Jesus is having a conversation with Peter, and he says to him, Simon, that's his other name, son of John, do you love me? He's asking him this because Peter's one of his main guys, one of his, one of his crew, one of his boys, like, and Peter's like, yeah, yeah, I do love you, I'll go to battle with you, I'll go to war with you, but he's just asked him this for the third time, and Peter's a little confused, this is after breakfast, they're on a beach. What's he supposed to say? I've already, asked, I've already answered yes twice. What, what, what is he getting at? But I think with this, these questions, the Lord is putting his finger on a very tender space in, in Peter's heart because Peter had failed miserably on the night that Jesus was betrayed, on the night that they had that sham trial that they did. Instead of having his back, instead of going to war with him like he said he would do, in fact, he, he, he not only ran and den- he, he denied him, matter of fact, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, some, some little servant girl says, hey, Aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And right there, he starts to cuss. He starts to curse. And he yells, I don't even know the man. I don't, I don't even know the man. I have a feeling that those words over the next several days had kept Peter up at night. So painful was this personal failure that he stopped the disciple business at all. And he went back to fishing his first trade. So when... When Jesus questioned Peter for the third time that morning, it grieved Peter. Maybe, maybe he doesn't believe in me anymore. Maybe I've lost my chance. Maybe, uh, maybe he's done with me. But I don't think, here's what I believe. I don't think this was an interrogation at all. I think this, this was an act of grace. Because three times Peter had denied knowing Jesus. So Jesus gives him three opportunities to sort of undo what he's done. Amazing grace. There's a Christian psychologist and an amazing leader. His name is Dr. Henry Cloud. As a matter of fact, if you're in a kind of relationship, maybe with a, with a parent or with a child or with a relative or in, in your relationships where these people keep abusing, these people keep crossing boundaries. He wrote a book called Boundaries, which I highly recommend to give you a tool set, a skill set to just sort of deal with people who would encroach on your life in bad ways. But, but in another space, he says, there are three things that are necessary for people to sort of get past their past. He says it's truth. He says it's time. 
and it's grace. And we see all three of these facets in this story. I'll start with the word truth. During, during the Last Supper, Jesus tells all, the, all of his 12 disciples, hey, listen, every one of you are going to betray me. Every one of you are going to run and, and deny me. And Peter, ever brash and bold, says, not me, not me. I'll, I'll go to war with you. And Jesus stands up to him and says, listen, Peter, i got to tell you the truth about you. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you're going to have denied me three times. This is an uncomfortable truth for Peter, and he doesn't want to believe it, and he doesn't want to swallow it. But Jesus knows that Peter is weak on some level. If you look at Peter's story from the biblical record, you'll find that he has this pattern, this pattern, this cycle that keeps repeating in his life. And his particular pattern is one that he fails in tough spots. He, he sort of melts down when, it, when he should rise up. And so Jesus says, God, Peter, I've got to speak to you the truth. Because if I don't, the patterns of failure, the patterns of you failing in tight spots are just going to continue unless I shoot with you straight and honestly. And, and that's the truth for us, is that if we're going to get free from our past, we have to focus on and embrace the truth of our past. I, I know it sounds counterintuitive. I know you'd say, no, no, Danny, don't we, don't we just need to figure out a way to, to forget the past? But, but you can't forget the past. You've already tried this. Some of you tried that all the way up until today, and it hasn't worked because you don't have the ability to erase memories from your mind. And so we're going to have get, to get free from the past. We have to embrace it, stand face to face with it, and go, this is my story. I, I don't wish it were. I, didn't, I don't wish that this had happened to me. I, I wish anything other than that had happened to me, but it did. Let me just say to you that the, that the struggle, the patterns in which maybe you feel stuck today are going to continue unless you honestly confront them. Now, I know this is not what you want to hear on Easter Sunday. You're like, well, why can't we just talk about, you know, fuzzy bunnies and, and cascarones later on? Or, or you know, why, why can't we talk about ham? You know what I'm saying? Like a Christmas ham. I said that like a good Midwesterner. Ham. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, because we need truth. Because we're not here to have a little message and go home. We're here to get our lives changed. And, and it's the truth that does that. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. Right? Who, who the Son is set free, the Bible says, is free indeed. And I, and, I, and I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what truth you need to be honest with and, and deal with, but Jesus does. And, and I wonder what he might say to, to you and me today. Maybe some of you would say, listen, you're not listening to, to, to voices of wisdom anymore. You're not listening to your spouse anymore. You're not, you're, not listen, you're not hearing people when they're trying to tell you, hey, man, if you don't stop that way, going that way, it's going to really end up bad for you. Some of you, he might say to you, listen, you, you need to be willing to forgive. Or you need to be willing to go ask for forgiveness for the things that you did for pe to people. I wonder what he would say to us that would be uncomfortable to us, but, would, but, but if we would just own and listen to, might set us free. You know, several years ago, I went through a recovery process to help me deal with um, some past stuff. And, and when I was invited to go through this recovery process by another pastor friend of mine, he said, come on, Danny, come on. And I, and I said, what, like recovery, like, like a 12-step deal? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not addicted to anything. He goes, maybe you are. Maybe you are. Why don't you just come and check it out and see? And about week three, I remember distinctly having this sinking feeling, oh, no, like I got stuff. And my, my particular stuff was anger. That was, that was one of them, but it was, the, it was sort of the driving thing. And I had always just sort of excused it, like, well, we're Rivers dudes, we're just angry. And matter of fact, most dudes I know are ticked off about something. Come on, guys, you know what I'm saying? Like, dudes be ticked off, you know, especially when they drive on Culebra Road down there, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you had any goodness, any happiness, it's gone. Next thing you know, you're waving at people, but only one finger is up in the air, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus loves you, you know what I'm saying? 
But, but, but in the process of this, what they did was they made us go backwards before they would let us go forward. So we'd get honest, that we'd stare face to face with our story. And it was painful, and it was uncomfortable, but it was so necessary. And this is what Jesus does with Peter, because he knows, Peter, you're not going to move forward until you take a steps backward and go deal with what happened in the back, back story. Second ingredient after truth is, is time. Between the time that Jesus calls Peter and the time that he ultimately becomes the mouthpiece that God uses to, to, to bring the Christian church into, into what it know, the, the leader of the movement. Between that is a time for him to heal, a time for him to deal with what was going on in his life. Time. You just have to know that that's part of it. And you're going to have to stick with this day after day. And you might need to get some help. And you might need to join a small group. We have all these small groups around here. Why? Because we want to help people get freedom from their yesterdays. To deal with, to resolve their yesterdays. And that's why we do that. It's, it's going to take time. And if you've ever had a broken heart, or if you've ever had a family conflict, you know that stuff takes time. You just have to name that. You just have to own that. Always remembering. Always remembering that, that God is capable, he's able, but he, it will take time. And I need to say that to some of you about your past. You can't change your past, but you can turn it over to God. And God can, he won't erase the past, but he can redeem the past. But it's always going to take time. And then thirdly, lastly, grace. If you've been around a church before in your life, you've heard this word, and, and a lot of times it's associated with the idea of forgiveness. And it is that, but it's so much more. There's a definition of grace that I learned a long time ago that really has stuck with me, and it goes like this. Grace is God's power to do that which you cannot do for yourself. Well, yeah, but I'm a, I'm a strong man. I'm a, I'm a strong woman. I'm, I'm a self-made man. No, no, no. There are some things that you cannot do for yourself, and God's grace is the power to do for you that which you cannot do for yourself. And when it comes to our past, some of us, our past is so, so looming large in our lives that it would cripple us if it were not for grace. You know, the truth about, about us, I'll say it like this, the truth about me is when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'd rather avoid it. I'd rather go around the truth about me. I'd rather go around the pain or the shame or the guilt or the regrets of, of, of yesterday. But with Jesus, the places that I tend to want to avoid, he's going to go straight at them. That's what he does. He doesn't come in condemnation. He doesn't come with, with guilt. He doesn't come with disapproval. He comes wherever there is pain, he's got to go there. Wherever there is darkness, he won't let us avoid it. Wherever there is relational pain, he has to go there. Wherever there is divorce or bitterness or brokenness, that's where he's going to go. Wherever there is addiction, wherever there is sexual abuse, he's going to go there. He's got to go there. And he doesn't come with a finger pointing at us and making us feel guilty. Instead, he moves towards it and he finds us in it and he brings grace. That's the kind of God we serve, a God who redeems us. Not only does he redeem us, but he, he, which means that he buys us and he puts us back in the game. He gives us freedom. But he puts us back in the game with a purpose. And oftentimes what he'll do, our God who is a redeemer, he takes what the enemy uses against us and he uses it against the enemy. And he does this when we start to own our story and when we start to realize, hey, listen, the past is past. And that means that I made it. I'm a survivor. I came through that. I thought it was going to take me out. I thought it was going to take me down. But it didn't. I'm here today. I'm, I, I lived through it. And I started to tell my story. And I don't, I don't tell it with shame or with guilt. 
But I tell it as a trophy of God's grace. This is what God brought me through. I, I had a broken marriage. I had a, I had a personal failure. I had some unhealed stuff in my life, but God brought me through it. And, and, and the very thing that God, uh, that the enemy used against you, God will use that thing to, 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 to strike a blow against the enemy when you start to tell somebody else who's going through the very thing that you survived. Hey, listen, you can make it. Listen, I was in that same place. The enemy tried to knock me down, but he didn't. And God will kick the enemy's rear with your story. I don't know if you're supposed to say rear on Easter, but I did. <laughs> and we need to know that our story is found in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and you can substitute anyone with your name, therefore, if Danny is in Christ, the, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here, exclamation point. The new is here. That's what's on the table today. Let me go back to Peter's story for just a moment. In between his worst mistakes, his personal failings, and his greatest victory, which was on the day of Pentecost and the days that led after that, there was a shining beacon of hope that stands tall for those of us who've made mistakes that feel like they will define us. The cross is that beacon of hope. On one side of the cross, I'm, 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 a, I'm a failure. I've made mistakes. I've cost, I've cost myself time and energy and love. And, and not only me, but I've, I've cost other people that I love. But on the other side of the cross stands my brightest future, my, my best hope, all because of grace. So we look to the cross on this Easter Sunday. We look to the cross because the Bible says in Colossians that it's on that cross that he nailed with Christ all of my sins and all of my shame and all of my pain and all my worst mistakes were nailed to the cross. All the abuse, all the loss, all the hurt that I've suffered in my life was nailed to that cross. So that cross doesn't remind me of the past. It reminds me of my future which has been bought for, which has been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ, that I can stand tall and I can look, not proudly because of what I've done, but because of what's been done on my behalf. And so I can know, I can make it, I can go forward because of the cross. So what do you do with your past? There's only one thing, you give it to Jesus. Yeah, no, no, Danny, I gotta, I gotta get my, my life right, I gotta get cleaned up. No, 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 he... he we sang a song a moment ago. He takes us just as he finds us. He loves us just as he finds us. We don't clean up. He does all that. We come to him. Here's my stuff. And the thing about grace is it's free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't get on a self-improvement plan. To, it, it just, it's free. It's plain and simple. You simply ask for it. And you receive it. This is why Paul said in, in, in Romans 10 and 9, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, he says you will be saved. That the picture of, of, uh, the picture of, our, of our God that you need to see today from the New Testament is the story that Jesus tells in Luke 15 of a father that's desperately searching for his lost sons and daughters. That, that when he sees the son from a long while, he runs to him. By the way, this is the only time you see God running. It's when, he's, when he sees his lost sons and daughters coming home. That something strikes his heart so well, so, so deeply that he will run to where you are. Open arms. Come home. Come home. I don't care about your past. I don't care what you did. I don't care what your yesterdays look like. Come home. 
And I want to just give some folks the opportunity to do that in this place today. I don't know, if you won't mind, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? And, and, and whether you're a believer or whether you're not a believer, maybe you're just feeling, man, I want to do that. I want to, I want to change my life. I want to get free from the past. I just want you to pray along with me, however you want to do that in your own way. But Lord, we just come to you in this space, in this place today. God, we're so, so, so grateful that we, we see in you a father who loves us so much that he would run to where we are, who sees our brokenness, who sees our pain, who sees our shame, who sees all of the stuff that we've, truth be told, we're guilty of. But Lord, who wraps us in his, in his loving embrace and says, welcome home. And so today, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I bring my past to you. All of my worst mistakes, I give it to you, Lord. I ask you to be the forgiver of my sins. I ask you not only that, just to be my Lord and my guide and my friend, as the Bible says, the comforter in my life for when I'm going through the worst days of my life. Would you be my Lord? Would you be my Savior? I want to put my faith in you, Jesus. I want to trust you with all of my eternity, oh God. I want to give that to you today. Lord, I, I surrender. I believe in you. Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe that you died and you were buried, but you rose again. And I receive your love and I receive your grace in my life today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.